Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever you're listening to this, welcome back to another episode of the FTLOL podcast. We've had some football fans on our podcast. We've had ex and current players. We've had coaches, but there's one side of the game we've never looked into, and that is referees. They're often ridiculed, but I've managed to find a decent one, and he is our guest today. It's Mr. Mark Halsey. How are you doing, sir? I'm good, thanks. Thanks for saying that one of the good one of the good ones. <laughs> I'll tell you why as well. Well, one, I, I don't remember you ever getting into any controversy. Oh yeah, okay. Have but also, months. you're a southerner, and that is quite that is quite <laughs> rare for referees these days. <laughs> yeah, there weren't many there weren't many of us on the Premier League, but then obviously I'm I'm adopted Northwestern now because I moved up to Bolton very early on in my Premier League career, so. Um, and now obviously uh, residing in Spain. So, um, and I've got to make some apologies to those people that um, you can't, they won't see anyway, because I've got this, I'm in the daughter's bedroom and because um, it's a better, better Wi-Fi area up here and uh, she's got pictures of, because um, uh, she's, she's a Man United fan and we've got uh, Lingard, Rashford, uh, Phil Foden, Mason Mount and Declan Rice on the wall. So, uh, okay. <laughs> Nothing to do with me. I'm in my daughter's bedroom. <laughs> no, I'll, it's audio only, so I wasn't going to rat you out, to be fair, but you, oh, you've right, done man. it yourself. So, yeah, Mark Coulsey's a Man United fan. Um, oh, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, he is. Yeah, he's, he's, nope, he's I'm a QPR fan through and through. <laughs> <laughs> OK, all right. I thought, um, I thought Chloe Kelly was, was the most famous QPR fan, but, but maybe not now. Oh, I don't know. I think she, she, she I think she takes her, takes over from she me. Yeah, she's, at the moment she's, she's a um, super, she's a superstar. You know, fantastic yeah. to what the what the lioness is achieved. Brilliant, fantastic for football. Mm. Yeah, definitely something the, the the men couldn't do, but yeah, the women stepped up. And should we should we start there then? QPR and sort of back in the day. Did you have any ambitions at, at sort of going pro? Yeah, listen. I, I mean, as a, I mean, I started playing at the age of uh, ten at my primary school. I started off in in, in centre midfield, played one game there, and the and the the, the, the sports teacher, um, the sports yeah, the, the PE teacher, decided I wasn't no good at that, and he, sh- he shoved me in goal the next week, and that's where I stayed <laughs> until I was twenty eight, <laughs> playing playing in goals. And yeah, listen, every it's everybody's uh, boy's dream, and it growing up wanting to be a professional footballer. And obviously mine, you know, going down, I remember my first ever professional football match, what, you know, going to it live was at QPR. I mean, my family mm. from Shepherds Bush, East Saxon. Uh, my uncle lived in Loftus Road. So we used to come out of his house, turn left and straight left into Loftus Road. It's fantastic. So uh, mm. you know, I grew up, um, you know, boyhood fan of, of QPR. Still are a big fan of QPR. I know we're playing Charlton tonight. Um, so we've got a good three points at the weekend at home to Middlesbrough, so we're up and running, so it's fantastic. Um, yeah, listen, I, I remember going down down the down the bush and, and watching the likes of Stan Bowles, Rodney Marsh, Don Givens, Jerry Francis, David Clement, Ian Gillard, 
you know, Terry Mancini, Frank McClintock, you know, David Webb, great, great. David Thomas, um, some some great players down, you know, and back in the day and uh, used to love going down watching the Rangers. Um, but so, yeah, so and obviously up to the present day. So um, have our ups and downs of uh, going up in the Premier League, coming down and watching them twice at Wembley in the FA Cup final and the League Cup yeah. final, getting beat twice to Tottenham after a replay in Oxford United. So, um, yeah, listen, it's, it's, it's great. I've, I've always been a football fan, a football lover, and uh, nearly made it. Um, but obviously set up, went back into non-league. I was at Tottenham for a long time as a schoolboy and then sorry, went into non-league football before I became a referee in 1988. OK, and how, how did that all start then with with you becoming um, a ref um i mean listen uh i never had any inkling you know that any 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 chance that i wanted to be a referee absolutely no chance absolutely never even give it any consideration it was a good friend of mine who i played with in the welling hatfield sunday league um i played in goal he, he had a team called wellingborough and he was a center half and um played there he played at the club for many years and then um, you know he was a he was a terrible. I mean, he was one of the dirtiest players in Welling Hatfield Sunday League. Played at centre half, and when the referee's back wasn't looking, he'd give him a kick or a whack, you know, around the head or a little elbow here and an elbow there. And uh, he, he packed the gate, he packed it in, and become a referee, and which was was unbelievable, especially someone a chap called Russell Foster was sadly no longer with us due to COVID. And uh, I, I love my cricket as well. I'm a big cricket fan. I played cricket. Many many years in uh, Atwood I down at uh, King George the Fifth playing field in the Welling Garden City, and he's my friend Russell. His house backed onto the cricket pitch. And okay. When 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 you're you're batting, you walk around with your teammates, put the world to rights, walk around the grounds your life. And every time we you know we got to his house, he'd stop me and have a chat. Why don't you become a referee? Yeah, you know, I think you'll be good. I said, Russ, I've got absolutely. No, no inkling of becoming to be a referee. I, 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 I'm not interested. Not interested in being a referee. Not interested. And he just kept on me all that summer. And eventually, do you know what? I thought I gave in, and I thought, do you know what? I'll give it a try because I didn't. I, I fell out of love with playing the game. I had a couple of bad injuries, mm-hmm. and uh, I thought, well, I'll give it a try. If I enjoy it, I'll carry on with it. And, uh, and I said, because in, in back in the day, you took a, it was an eight-week course where. At the end of it, you took the exam. And I said, there's yeah. no way I'm doing an eight-week course. No, absolutely no chance. I said, I, I do, I do, I'll read the laws of the game and take an exam. If I can do that, I'll do it. And they allowed me to do it. And, and I passed and uh, never looked back. You know, I was, I was playing for Wellington Garden City at the time. And I was sort of, I started refereeing on a Sunday, playing on a Saturday in midweek. And then I sort of started enjoying it. And I sort of cut back me playing on a Saturday and, and went sort of, I packed in playing and started refereeing and being an assistant referee on the Arts County League. What? Refereeing in the reserve section and lining on the, um, the the Premier Division. And nowadays, compared to then, is it is it still the same sort of process? Eight week course and an exam, or is there a few more? No, I, I think I, I think it's um, I think it's done online on over Zoom. I think now um, I don't, I, I'm not sure what 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 it is exactly, but I know it's sort of done you know, over over a Zoom call. Online. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So um, I guess what you're saying is, if if you want to be a good ref, start out not wanting to do it at all. That's right. Well, and, and I get mean, talked I, into it. 
I mean, when I when I when I played at non-league level, you know, obviously I played for Hartford, St Albans, Cambridge City, Welling Garden City, and um, you know, I used to like referees that um, let the game flow. Yeah. Had banter, had banter, and I could have a laugh and a joke at the same time. You knew how far you could take him. Um, mm. So, and I, and I sort of based me based my my game on what I'd seen in in non-league football. So, yeah, and. Did the did the players sort of know your background in terms of he was yeah. a player for a number of years as well? Yeah, they they did on the on the Sunday because on the well in Atfield Sunday because I used to play in that league and uh, yeah and I used to play with uh, and I played with players um, on a Saturday in 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 the non-league zone and then we'd all we'd all then play against each other for different clubs on a Sunday so mm. you know it was it was very competitive back in the day. And the guys sort of, you know, I used to play with some of them. I refereed, so, but so you know, I got, I got, on, I got on very well with the players, engaged with the players, and I took that all through my my career. I never changed all the way through from starting out on a Sunday morning, right up to the FIFA level. Mm. And do you reckon that's hard, uh, sort of repping people that you know, or is that is that no, easier? No, I think no, I think sometimes they think they can take advantage. So, you know, I don't mean to say that. Um, all ex-players become good referees. That's not the case because you've got to work at it. You, you, yeah. You've got to you've got to work to your own strengths and realise what you're good at, what you're not good at, and you know what you're good at. You take that onto the pitch and into your games, and what you're not not good at, you sort of work on that. But I will, I was always good at obviously, you know, I always let the game flow. I'd play advantage wherever I could. Um, I'd always give. I was a players referee. I'd give players a chance. Yeah, you know, they put in one challenge, and I said, "That's your last one. Next time, you know, you'll be, I'll be cautioning you." And just having engaging with the players in in a way that players understand. And what you yeah. remember is the field of players is a shop is a shop floor, and mm-hmm. you do get industrial language wherever you work, wherever you wherever you may be on on a shop floor, you get industrial language. And and it, and, it, and 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 I'd be lying if I said it didn't go on because it did. It does go on, and you have to you have to um, do it. Put it in a work come across in a way that it's not um, directed at a player. You just, you, it's in passing. It's the same, it's vice versa, the same way, you know, as a player, it's got to make sure it's not directed at you and 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 things like that. So, so yeah, that's, I mean, that's, for me, that's what I took through all my game, through all my career, and it worked for me. I'm not saying it'll work for somebody else, but it always worked for me. And, and, and to be honest, I've got, a, I thought I had the reputation of, you know, everyone, when they saw me, my name on the team sheet, they thought, "Oh, we got a, we got a good referee day." And, that's, and that was good because, you know, referees walk onto the field of play thinking they demand respect straight away. That's not the case. Your respect mm. comes with your accuracy and your decision making, the way you engage with the players. You know, your awareness of what's going on around you, the reading of, of play, the reading of the game. And you know, you're always looking. You're always aware. You're always aware of situations between the nine and five or. You know, the midfield players, if they're not getting on with, you know, they're having a little dig at the opposition and, and players are having verbals against one another. Because you get that time to look around and listen and see what's going on. And that and that's the most important thing as a referee, your awareness of what is going on around you and, and nipping things in the bud. In the, in, nipping things in the bud when things start to go a little bit um, pear-shaped. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to let it get out of control. And I, I think there is certain refs Without naming any names, um, that that do kind of try and make it about themselves as well, yeah. which is I guess yeah, some yeah, of the yeah. more famous ones. But you're yeah. you're definitely one of the more well known ones without yeah. 
yeah, happy to, to do that, really. You've got to make sure you don't come across as very arrogant as well, because it's all about the players and the fans. It's not about the referees. You know, mm. players, to be fair with players, they knew where they stood with me. And, and that was that was a great thing. You know, players knew where they stood with me. Yeah. And talking of uh, industrial language, as you as you put it, have you, did you sort of book many people for that, for dissent, as they call it, or not, not really just let no, that very, you know, I think you can, I think you can count on my whole career on one hand, uh, me cautioning players for dissent, and that's for a 20-year career on, as a professional referee. I never really cautioned many players for dissent. Because, to be fair, you know, I, give, I gave as good as I got. And so, yeah, yeah. So if some player's telling me, Blah 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 blah, and I'm going blah 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 back to him. You know, how can I caution him for dissent? But you'd have to it, caution it, yourself as well. That's then. right. No, but it, it was it was it was it was good banter, and it was you know players used language in a way that I didn't like. I would I would just say to them, "Sorry, what did you say?" And if you know, out of frustration, yeah, you got a player would say to me, "I oh, listen, Mark. I'm sorry. Uh, it's just frustration." And I'll say, "That's no problem with that because as a referee, you've got to understand players." You've got to show, you've got to understand their mentality, you've got to understand their empathy, you've got to understand their frustration sometimes. Because obviously, yeah. I, I trained with professional players at Bolton Wanderers, so that gave me a great insight to, to professional players how, how they how they see things and how they how they train. How they train on a, during weekdays is exactly the same how they, they take that onto the match on, onto the match day on a Saturday or Sunday or Monday, wherever it is. Um, so, listen, I, you know, people say to me, do you miss it? Of course I missed the banter. Of course I missed the banter. I think if, if Keith Hackett was still in charge of the PGMO in, in 2013, I most probably would have would have stayed on a little while. Um, you know, my body, my body, I was coming to him because my body had you know, gone through a lot with my chemotherapy and radiotherapy with my illness. Mm-hmm. And, and there's sometimes, the referees are like players. Um, you know, there's some that need to be loved, there's some that need an arm around them and some need to kick up the backside. And I think that if I had a different general manager in control, I think I would have, I would have stayed on a little bit longer. OK. All right. And uh, we talked about dissent. Another thing that I suppose came more into the game when you were starting out and evolved throughout the years is diving. Yeah. Simulation, so simulation, yeah. deceiving the referee. I think I had most probably. It's, it, 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 it wasn't so bad then. I mean, it is. I mean, sometimes it's not. It's, it's sort of seen them gone up and it's sort of come back a bit. I mean, we, we are still seeing quite a little bit of simulation in the game, but yeah, you've got to be sure and you've got to make sure because if you're cautioning the player for simulation or deceiving the referee, you're saying he's cheating. Um, so. You've got to be 100 percent sure, and I've seen court play, um, referees caution players when you know it's, it's definite contact. So you've got to be 100 percent sure, and, and and sometimes I I I erred on the I on the side of caution. I wouldn't go as a referee. Don't go looking for trouble unless it was absolutely clear, absolutely clear. Then um, I would caution. But I, again, I didn't caution many players for for simulation because they knew they knew who I was. I mean, I remember. Referee in a uh, Liverpool Man United game at Anfield, and I always take off. I always take um, give me coins to the fourth official. Mm-hmm. And as I walked off at the halfway line, the fourth official gave me my coin. Christian Ronaldo was standing there, and as I walked back, because he was new, you know, into the Premier League, people he was had a reputation of going down easy and causing trouble. And I just turned around to him and said, "Don't you be going down easy today, because you'll get absolutely nothing out of me today." 
absolutely nothing. Well, I didn't say it. No, I said it in, 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 in other words. But, you know, I said, you get nothing. And then four or five minutes in the game, he goes down easy. I went past him and said, hey, what did I just say to you five minutes ago? What did I just say to you five minutes ago? Get yourself up. You'll get nothing out of me. And, you know, and he, and he got on with it and he, and he didn't do it again. So it's, it's, it's about, you know, as I say, engaging with the players, talking to the players all the time, all the time. And 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 that you get that you get that respect from them. Do you think? Do you think refs are losing that a little bit now because players? I don't know. It seems from day one, certainly in the top academies, they're kind of pampered to a point where they probably think they're above. Uh, it's an, it, 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 it's what, a little bit more distant than it was. Yeah, I think. Listen, what goes on in, in football training grounds is up to them, but players will do what they can to get what they can out of referees and it's up to referees to go out there and referee what's in front of them it's about being mentally tough and mentally strong so you know what goes on that side of it is, you know for me I would just go out onto the football pitch cross that white line referee 22 players whether they you know how much they're on and, and how much they cost was irrelevant to me I was refereeing 22 players and when I blew that whistle when I crossed that white line then players knew what I was about Mm-hmm. And that's how I went into all my games, treating every game as though it was a cup final. Whether I was in League One, League Two, the Premier League, wherever, I treat every game the same. I think sometimes when you're you know, a Premier League referee and you go and referee in League One or League Two, they know you're a Premier League referee, and you yeah. know, and you go out there, it's a potential potential banana skin, and what you don't want to get is them start chanting Premier League, you're having a laugh. Premier League, mm. you're having a laugh. So, listen, I, I used to love, wherever I refereed, I loved it. I, I didn't care where I went. Didn't care where I went. I loved it. Was there a game that kind of was your breakout game? Do, do referees have that? Or is it more of a uh, over yeah, the I think, season? I think, listen, I think, um, every, like every player wants to play at Wembley. I played at, you know, I refereed at Wembley, in the old Wembley, the new Wembley. Fantastic. You know, absolutely wonderful. Wonderful memories. Wonderful memories with you know with with, with players, um, kit managers, managers. A lot of people ask me, you know, what was your best ever game? And uh, I think if I mean, listen, I, I enjoyed every game. But if there's there's one, there's two. I think there's two standout games. I think really. Um, well, there's a few. To be fair, it's it's when I mean when I was diagnosed with 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 uh, cancer, um, I was told. Um, if I survived, I would never ever referee again. You know, never, never referee again. And I, I used that as my um, inspiration to, to prove my professor Timonidji was outstanding. You know, saved my life um, to prove them wrong. And um, I did. I think when I came back at uh, I came back and refereed a, a reserve game, football league game at Hinkley, Hinkley Town, and it was between I think it was Leicester, it was Leicester and Scunthorpe. Uh, which was was you know fantastic. I mean, I was I struggled in that game. I, was, I wasn't fit because um, I felt under pressure that I had to come back. I, I, I got through the fitness test after about the third attempt. So I had to redo my fitness test. Um, and I think you know work, walking out and the first football league game, it was uh, at uh, Rotherham. Rotherham versus Port Vale. A lovely lovely message from Ronnie Moore in the dressing room. And then and then uh, start of the. You know, the next the season, I was I was invited to referee by Everton because that was the last game I refereed um, live. 
it was uh, Everton and Arsenal, and uh, that's when I was diagnosed um, two days before that game with, with my with my illness. And I should never refereed that game on Saturday. It was live on TV, but I thought it'd be my last ever game. So I got through it through it thankfully. Um, and they they, they uh, invited me to referee a, a friendly preseason friendly Everton at Goodison and Everton Chile. You know, thirty thousand fans. I walked out to a stand innovation as I did at Rotherham, and it was just. It was unbelievable. It was, it was touching. It was, you know, tears. It sort of tears in the eyes. And at the end yeah. of the game, we got a lovely standing ovation and a presentation by Everton for, you know, for for you know the getting getting back into, into the game, which was was marvellous. So, um, yeah, that was. I, I should never. I never, never never ever forget that. Yeah, that's that's a really nice touch. I think, is, um, yeah. and, uh, and I think most most ex, you know players and clubs and fans around the world with the, the letters and. Support I got was was amazing, absolutely amazing. Yeah, yeah. I think I heard that when uh, he was on the Anglo-Italian podcast. At oh, okay, yeah. Some point yeah. said it on that. Yeah, but yeah, I think that's it's a really nice touch and for the referee as well to have a standing ovation. It's got to be a um, very rare moment. <laughs> I can't think of, of any other times that has happened. Yeah, mate, that's right. Well, most say, time, yeah, I mean. I, and it was it was soft, you know, because as well, it, I mean, my last ever game, my last my last game at uh, league game at uh, the Etihad, it was great that you know I had my last game at the Etihad against Norwich because I opened the Etihad because they in Manchester City invited me to open the you know the game they played Barcelona at uh, the Etihad, um, which opened the opened the Etihad was was fantastic and uh, um, and then I finished at the Etihad against Norwich City and. The invasion I got at the end was just, you know, just brought uh, so it was really emotional. So yeah, it was great. Yeah. What would you say your proudest achievement is? My pr- my proudest achievement. I mean, oh, listen, you know, the birth of me, my children. Um, I think, you know, obviously. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Right, uh, proudest. Uh... Yeah, um, I think obviously, you know, six months prior to me being diagnosed, my wife was diagnosed with leukaemia, and uh, luckily she's just entered remission now. So I, I think both of us, you know, getting you know, come getting into remission and getting back in, in, in into refereeing because obviously I never, I was told I would never ever do it again. So um, yeah, I think I've got to look back and obviously me and my wife together. Way we sort of helped each other, and obviously at that time we had a three-year-old daughter, which was tough. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think um, you know, battling then the illness to, to with, with myself and my wife is was 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 one of my, one of my memorable um, achievements. Okay, all right. So you're on the for the love of lists podcast, and we like to do lists. And I hear you've got a. A small list of two for us. Your <laughs> most difficult I, players to referee. You watch. I'm going to get a few, few uh, things on Twitter and everything of that from these players. But um, I think, uh, I mean, listen. When 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 you're going out onto the field of play, players change. You know, the, the demon comes out in players. And listen, and, and that's what that's what happens. That's what that, that's that's what football is. That's what referees are there for to try and. You know, calm them down and read what's going on. But um, I always had, I always had. Would you say problems? Yeah, I, I suppose always in your, always in your face. Craig Bellamy, 
oh Jesus, never stop moaning, never stop moaning at me. And 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 I work with him on BN Sports. So I mean, I mean off the field, he's, he's he's lovely. Off the pitch, he's you know fantastic. Same same with Danny Mills. I had a massive problem with him all the time. Oh, um, okay. yeah. All the time, always in my ear, always in my ear. Never stopped moaning until he went to Manchester City and he stopped moaning at me because he felt I was a Manchester City fan. <laughs> he was warned to leave me alone by the the, the City hierarchy because they like me at Manchester City. So um, I think that goes back to the player final, Gillingham, Man City, where, you know, Man City won that game on penalties and they all say, I put, it was me that put Man City back on the map, you know, so, um, yeah, um, so, you know, I think uh, those, those, those two, and I mean, Ashley Cole got them, you know, he was another player that we used to, used to have, um, you know, tooth and hammer, tooth and nail with each other, you know, on the, on the field of play, as well as Craig Bellamy um, and, da- and Danny Mills. So, I mean, a great off the pitch, he's fantastic and we've, yeah, you know, when I refereed um, uh, um, Vincent Company's testimonial at the Etihad a couple of seasons ago, Ashley Cole was playing in that, and we reminiscent where we had a massive—I mean, me and him—we had a massive argument. I was refereeing Birmingham Chelsea. We were coming down the tunnel, and me and him just had one hell of an argument, one hell of an argument, and um, we ended up you know, on the second half both apologising and shaking hands, and, and we got on great. But off, off the pitch, he's you know he's a fabulous guy. Um, so, mm. but I, I mean, most I mean most players I got I mean like oh, I got on very well with I, I always got on well with players I and mean, it's about having that personality to deal with players and uh, you know, I always remember you know John Terry always he always used to be in year as well wanting decisions and I always remember him always used to come in with a team sheet with the, with the manager and he always he always used to come in I used to tap him around the face when he came and he shook my hand. He shook my hand and I tapped him around the face. He says, when do I come with the team sheet? Why do you, Mark, why do you always, always tap me around the face? And I said, John, because I can't bloody do it out there. <laughs> so, uh, we, yeah, we, I got on well. I got on well with Paul Patrick Vieira. was 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 great to referee. We had, you know, we used to have good banter. Paul Scholes, Stephen Gerrard, Alan Schell, all, all the players, you know, Roy Keane got I just got on famously and I, I just you know said it how it was and, and 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 we enjoyed the ninety minutes. Yeah, there were times where you know we we didn't see eye to eye, but you know coming off the pitch ninety minutes we used to shake hands and and embrace and away we go. You know Wayne Rooney was another one. You know but off the pitch superb, brilliant like like all the players. Whereas there's so many players out there so. So many players out there, it's, it's hard to name all of them. And those players all know, you know, know about me. And the thing I get is, um, you know, some of the players, um, who was it? Who was the captain of the film? Danny, um, oh, Danny Murphy. You know, always, always saying to me, I was one of the best, I was the best referee I ever, ever refereed him. Because I remember at, at Fulham and at Liverpool, we had, you know, we used to battle with each other, you know, hammer and tongs. Mm-hmm. Verbals, but at the end of the day, you know, he understood me and I understood him, and we got yeah. famous well on the pitch. And he still comments about myself on Talk Sport now, you know. So, yeah, listen, I, I, as I say, many players that, that, that know me and they've had words and uh, always come off shaking hands and uh, having a smile on their faces. And that's what it's about it's about being polite um, and, have, and, and refereeing with a smile on your face. And, and sometimes, yeah, sometimes. I'll say it now. Some 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 players, a lot of players, really peeved me off. Really peeved me off. And they used to say, "Right, I'm giving them nothing. They're getting nothing out of me now." But 
you forget about it and you say, no, you can't be like that, Mike. You've got a referee what's in front of you. And you, and you just get on and you have a laugh and a joke with them. Hmm. So is it like a switch then? Like as soon as that whistle, they're, they're completely fine before and after. But oh, absolutely. That, when they're in that, that game. As soon as that whistle goes, you're in battle. You're in battle yeah. with 22 players. And, and to be fair, I mean, you know, Jose Mourinho um, described me as the 23rd player, which was, which was nice. Yeah, I mean, he's, he has a lot of other comments about referees. He does, yeah, listen. <laughs> I, mean, I, you know, I, I got on well with him. I got on well with many, many managers. Always got on well with managers. And they, if they're not happy with you or a decision's gone their way, don't matter how well you got on with them, they will have a moan. They will have a moan yeah. after the game. As long as I used to say to the guys, listen, don't come remonstrate with me on the field of play. Wait till we get off the pitch, down the tunnel, you can say what you want to say, come in my dressing room, what goes on in my dressing room stays in my dressing room. And there were times when, you know, we had some, some verbals in, in the dressing room, but it stayed in the dressing room. How common is that? Is that like a, an every game thing when they come in? And... Not, no, not really. Only, 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 when, only when things, they, they perceive things don't go their way. Yeah. And, and, and that's it. And that's the same with any, in any walk of life. You know, any, any, any person that's in a management role, wherever it is, if they perceive things are not going right on the shop floor or in, in the office, then, you know, they, they, will, they will have their moments. They will have their say. OK. And did anyone sort of come in at half-time? Does that happen? Or yeah, you I know that it wasn't allowed, but I used to say to the managers, listen, if you've got a problem with me, with me or my colleagues, whether it's, a, you know, first half and you want to come, you want to pop in at half-time, I've not got a problem with that. Not got a problem. I, I remember doing a referee in a game at the Etihad against Aston Villa. Mike O'Neill and John Robinson were in charge of, the, of um, Aston Villa then, and um, Villa were winning one nil. And I awarded Man City a penalty. One of their the goalkeeper come out and clattered one of the, the City players, and and it was just before half time, and uh, and the, the, the Villa players weren't all that happy. And, and, I, and I had a little look over, and you could see Mike O'Neill and John Robinson weren't happy. So. Um, to be fair to them, they listened to what I said before the game. They, they didn't didn't come on remonstrating on the pitch. They waited in the tunnel. All the players had gone. They were just waiting there. I knew I was going to get a volley of abuse, which I did get a volley of abuse. And I just told them where to get off. Then, about five minutes later, there was a knock at the door. John Robinson was at the door. I said, come in. I went, John, listen, you're going to get yourself into trouble. Let's just leave it and let's just wait until afterwards, shall we? He said, no, Mark, no, Mark. Listen, we've seen the incident back on, 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 on TV, on the laptop, and you're absolutely spot on. It's a nailed-on penalty. I'd like to apologise on behalf of myself and, and Martin. Um, and I said, listen, John, that's no problem at all. Thank you very much. And away we went, and we didn't have a problem with them. And so you've got, you've got, you've got to have that engagement. You've got to have that... Um, you've, you've, you've got to be polite with them and, and let them have their say. And if they know what, For me, they weren't supposed to, but I, yeah, I, I allowed... If the manager wanted to come in and speak to me at our time, I allowed it. Um, yeah, and I think that, and that's the way I, I refereed all through my career. Okay, so we've, we've covered players, we've covered managers. What about crowds? Is there one or two that stick out as a? Oh, I don't want to, I don't want to be refereeing there or give you. I think the most, the most, yeah. I mean, you look at it. You look at the most intimidating, imitating, imitating, imitating crowds. Get that right, should I? Imitating crowds <laughs> is. The Britannia, when they were in the Premier League, the Britannia Stadium, I mean, 
they were on fire. The crowd there, oh, absolutely. They only had, they only had, you know, they only saw things their way, and um, if things didn't go their way, cool, they let you know it. They let you know it. Um, so I think another intimidating crowd was um, Goodison Park, Everton. You know, I used to love refereeing Everton. I remember my first ever game. I think it was 2001, 2002 season. I think it was. Um, they played Chelsea. Um, they won two one. I think I sent off Frank LeBeouf that day for two two yellow cards. And never since then, I've, all, I've always got on well at Goodison Park. They've always taken me, you know, into their hearts, and uh, that, and, that, and that went all the way through my career because I thought, you know, Everton were pro- a proper fans, a proper football club, a people's club, and their fans yeah. knew. You, they know their football. They know their referees as well. And if you're having a stinker, they let you know. They let you know. And you, you had to be on the top of your game. Well, any game, you had to be on the top of the game. But those intimidating crowds, especially. And up at, up at Newcastle as well, St James's, great, great atmosphere. Fantastic atmosphere. But like, like everywhere, you know, everywhere. Anfield and... Villa Park, St Andrews End, um, the Bridge, Stamford Bridge, Highbury, and the Emirates. You know, Sunderland, uh, all, all, all the grounds. Ellen Road, they're all, you know, all the same. Old Trafford, the Etihad, Bolton Wanderers were the same. Although, because I trained there, I didn't, I didn't referee there. Um, I did before I moved up there when they were in uh, the Championship. But you know, even you know, all, all the grounds, they're all. I always used to find Charlton when they were in the Premier League tough. Tottenham, they're all Upton Park, especially at, at um, the Chicken Run. Never went nowhere near that that place. The Chicken Run as a referee, I left that to the assistants over that side. <laughs> Never went nowhere near the Chicken Run. <laughs> but no, actually, I, listen, wherever, wherever wherever I was, even if you were in League One and League Two, some of the crowds, you know. But um, I, I, I've got to say, I had it. I had a fantastic 20 years of professional football and um, so many memories. Made a few friends. I mean, you know, in football they say you make more acquaintances, which is absolutely spot on. Um, but I did make some. I did make some really good, true friends. Nice, nice. And uh, before we let you go, I've got, I've got two questions. One: What is the biggest rule change that you've had to deal with? Rule change, law change. Law. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I think at the moment, even though I'm, well, I'm not refereeing, I think we need to simplify offside. <laughs> and <laughs> and the you other get one, your pen out, get the ruler yeah. out. <laughs> listen, I ain't got a Scooby Doo. Even when I referee, he's cut me. He said, "Mark, tell, tell us about the offside." I say, "Listen, I ain't got a Scooby Doo. I just referee. I've got two guys on the." On the line to do that for me. <laughs> if their flag went up, I blew the whistle. End off. Get on with it. <laughs> but no, I think that I think the other one that what frustrates me as well is is handball, the handball law twelve handling the ball. Mm. That, that's that's changed one. a few times, hasn't it? It, 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 it? it keeps changing. We should never have changed it. We just we just should have just had it as a deliberate handball. And 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 now. Um, you know, with offsides and with the, with the with the t-shirt line and the armpit, you now can be offside. So you can score with the top of your arm, and it's fine. And that and that comes into the offside decision as well. So mm. if you if your t-shirt line or your armpit, then you, you you just forward of the second most rear defender, you can be offside. I mean, it's ludicrous, absolutely ludicrous. Just make the whole of the arm from the shoulder right the way down to your fingernails, 
handball and you can't score with that. Ludicrous. So I think um, you know, we need to look at the law, law 12 handing the ball and law 11 offside as well. We need to look at that. Because okay. everybody's, everybody's still confused. Yeah. 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 I, I don't know. What, what's going you see you see like the same thing happen in two games with especially with handball and yeah, one of them I think the, I think the best law, the law changes has been the part the, the deliberate pass back uh, and I, was and you been, in was you in for that then yeah I was referee was, was, was that then, just coming in uh, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah pass back and I think as well the um I think you, you know any any defender can be in 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 the in the 18 yard in the penalty area, when a goal kick's being taken, I think that's and you can take it from either side. So that that's good as well. So we get the game going. I think another one we need to look at uh, uh, with, with time wasting is when goalkeepers now they catch the ball and they fall to the floor, mm. and they waste about six or seven seconds on the floor. Then they get up, and then they carry it to the edge of the box. So you're looking at almost twenty seconds, and I think it needs someone to. It's not. not not when they've got it in their hands and they go out to the edge of the box, but if they fall on the, they, go, they catch the ball. There's no one around them. They fall on the floor. Then they get up and they run to the edge of the box and then they 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 kick they kick the ball um, out of their hands. If they put it onto the floor straight away, that's fine because the ball's in play. That's not a problem. Yeah. It's when they fall in their hands, then they decide to get up after several seconds and then they then walk to the edge of their box. So I think we need to look at that. You know, to uh, perhaps we need to tighten up on that aspect of of time wasting. Yeah, yeah, agree. It soon stop it if we give an indirect free kick in in the penalty area, wouldn't it, or on the six yard line? That's it. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's, 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 I think that's it, the it? way to stop that sort of stuff. Yeah. You've got to yeah. got to go in hard. And yeah, it doesn't happen anymore. No, no, and no. then uh, one other question. It's a tough one. Is there one decision? I suppose if, if you could go back in your career, and there's one decision that you made that you would change. Um, yeah, I do. Um, there's one game, uh, Wigan Newcastle, and there was a challenge I missed by McManaman on a Newcastle player. There was a, it was a poor, poor challenge. Um, what, what I, think I remember that Callum, Callum McManaman, Callum McManaman on the Newcastle. Yeah. Was it, who was it? The um, little winger for Newcastle. His name escapes me. Um, but as as a as the challenge went in, a Newcastle player one ran straight in front of me, and all I saw was the ball coming out. But no mm. one react, no one reacted, no one reacted. And then when I saw it again after the game, oh, it was absolutely horrendous challenge. And so if I if I could have my time again, um, people said it wasn't my fault because the player ran straight in front of me that time. But then what I should have done was got myself into a better, better position, a better angle, perhaps to to see that challenge. Um, and if VAR was in. And then, then it would have been yeah. definitely recommended for a review. So, if I look back and, and all my games and all in every game I referee, listen, I, I, there was a few times where I did make it, you know, a few mistakes. But we, you know, that's the nature of the business, isn't it? Yeah, we're, we're human beings, and um, you know, if there was one that game I look back on, that was that was one. All the other games, I I, I might make the odd mistake, but really enjoyed all my all my games. Um, I think I only ever come away from one game thinking I wasn't a Premier League referee today. And that's when that was uh, referee uh, Fulham Arsenal. Um, and I come back from um, refereeing midweek in, in Europe and I was really, really tired. I think I caught a bug and I should never refereed it. Um, but if I look back over my career, that, that was the game. Um, Wigan-Newcastle. OK. 
My dad's a Gillingham fan, so he would. Have oh said, no! <laughs> he would have said for you, blow blow up um, two minutes early <laughs> in that ninety-nine. Oh, <laughs> God, hey, uh, that's what he would have said. Jules, are they? Their fans have never forgiven me. And to be fair, I always used to get on well with Tony Pulis. So after that, I got you know. When he was just oh, close. so you're saying that Britannia's uh, a problem? Maybe he, he's uh, no, he's no, the no, out there in the program. Listen, I got on well with Tony. We used to have, we used to laugh all the time about that game, and uh, I mean that was that was my first ever game at Wembley, um, yeah. in Man City, and uh, he had great great chats with. Which I used to when when he didn't think things were going his way, he used to he used to be waiting because if you walk so down, if you walk off of Britannia, you walk up the tunnel. Walk straight up. That is, you come straight to Stoke City's dressing room, and mm-hmm. he always used to stand there trying to get in your head. You know, saying, "Come yeah, on, yeah. in this. You know, we're in. You know, we deserve free kicks as well as these do. Come on, you know, sort of shouting. You know, okay, Tony, no problem. Get in the dressing room. So uh, I, I, yeah, I had great banter with some with with, with uh, Tony. Excellent, excellent, great, great character. Missed missed from the game, to be fair. Um, likes of him and. Neil Warnock as well. I mean, I, yeah. Neil, he's, I had some memorable moments with Neil on the field of play. But off the pitch, we worked together at BT Sport and we had, we had, a, we had a great great rapport together. We worked really well together and we still take, text each other now. Um, but but he, he could be a problem. But off the pitch, he was fantastic. I always remember him knocking on my door at one game at Sheffield United and he knocked at the door and said, Mark, it's home. I said, Neil, don't want to talk to you. Get out. He said, no, no, Mark. <laughs> I want to I want to come in and tell you I thought you had a fantastic game today. Okay, Neil, when you come, let's have a little chat. He was brilliant. <laughs> yeah, we had uh, we had one of his players on before, uh, Greg Halford, and he said that that's that's the best uh, manager he's ever played on. Oh, it's great. I, I've got listen. We had our moments. Um, I've sent him into the stand before. Um, you know, having a fight with um, at uh, at uh, Reading. So I put them, put them both in the stands. Sheffield United, Reading game in the Premier League. So, he, but then we've got we got on fine. We got on fine. Absolutely top draw. Brilliant, brilliant manager. And of course, manager at QPR as well. So uh, it's great mm. when he was manager there because I didn't have to referee him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Does any uh, does any refs hide that, or you not? You have to be very much. This is who I support and. Yeah, you have to you have to let everybody know. I mean, obviously, yeah. when, I lived in, when I lived in Bolton, I couldn't referee Bolton Wanderers because I trained with Bolton Wanderers. You know, Sam Allardyce was a fantastic manager. Helped, you know, sort of helped me a lot as well with with my refereeing and with with players and how players challenge. You know, with with which leg, which leg and how they go into challenges. Always used to talk with him on a Monday morning in his office about the referee from his game on a Saturday, and used to argue. You know about the referee's decision and we, we used to agree to disagree sometimes I'd agree with him sometimes I'd disagree with him so um, just saying, you know just explain to him the reasons why and the laws and uh, but I mean Sam was massive he, he, he helped me big time in, in um, you know in, in, in me refereeing in the Premier League Okay Well Mark that has been a great insight into the mind of a Premier League referee what goes on and uh, I can also tell my dad that you're a QPR fan so there was no, there was yeah, no nothing, bias in that game no, no, to be no. fair they, they did get promoted the next year so it's not like they uh, did yeah but and then after that that's right it was, it was, I mean it's all the time wasting telling all the time wasting the cautions the substitutions and 
I'll let him know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tell him there's no hard feelings. Tell him I apologise. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Cheers, Mark. You're um, welcome. Before, Take care. All the very best. Yeah, and before we go, any anything you want to sort of let let people know you're you're doing anything to? No, just obviously. I, I mean, yeah, I, I'd love to be involved in managing or coaching referees at any level. Obviously, um, that's not that's not been that's not forthcoming at present obviously hopefully if, if when the, the new general manager takes over I might get an invite or if anyone's or, or wouldn't mind going anywhere abroad to, 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 to manage but uh, I enjoy in coaching referees I, I talk to referees privately over the phone and um, if they need any problem if they've got any problems they need any help I've, I've helped a few um, I enjoy what I do now with, with doing you know the uh, he called me me columns in, in in some newspaper. I enjoy that, obviously. Um, working on, you know, talking on talk sport and other different um, BN sports and other different um, outlets. So, uh, you know, just in, just enjoy and keep smiling and love life because we're not here for long, are we? So, enjoy, enjoy every moment. That's some advice to leave it on. Cheers, Mark. Cheers, 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 cheers. No, no, no.